Hello, folks, and welcome to the uh, Big Ten Hoops Weekly Podcast. Uh, you're listening to Steve and uh, my fantastic co-host, Brett. It is January uh, 16th, the Sunday before Martin Luther King Day, um, and we are here, as always, to talk about Big Ten basketball. Brett, how are we doing today? We are doing well, Steve. Uh, we had a we had a Fun slate of games today, and uh, it, was, it was a pretty fun week overall in the in the Big Ten. So uh, excited to break it down here. That, no, no doubt there. Um, so no better place, I think, to start this week than at the the top of the conference. Um, and and sitting up top are the Fighting Illini, who have um, really come out of the gates here to start six and zero, and they're you know, after all the dust has settled. Uh, sitting alone atop the conference, um, back ranked in the top 25, and um, things kind of really feeling like they're trending up for Illinois. Now, this week they got kind of two wins over what I'd call bottom half of the conference teams, um, over Nebraska, um, and then on over Michigan on Friday. I have to say, I mean, neither of these wins were – I think particularly impressive, you know, road, road wins are, road wins are tough, you know, to, to, to go in there to Lincoln and win, you know, um, they've made it tough on teams there. Um, you know, Michigan made life tough for them on Friday, kind of keeping that game close for a little bit, but Illinois eventually pulled away. I mean, from my perspective, Brett, this is kind of the same old Illinois where like, you don't know what you're going to get from half to half of them. But I think, just a couple of high-level observations. I mean, Kofi's dominance is is something we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum here. But what I've noticed about this team is, unlike other Illinois teams, they've got a supporting cast that can make big shots when they need to, which kind of allows them to get away with turning things um, on and off. But also, I mean, people really need to start talking about their defense and their defensive scheme. Um, I mean, a combination of just veteran defenders, versatile wings, and then Kofi back there to clean everything up. I mean, they make it hard for teams to score on them, which um, allows them, I think, to get away with sloppy play at times on offense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, like you said, Underwood has kind of built his his best teams around having a strong defensive identity, and there's nothing really different about that this year. Um, the, the Illini still rank just outside the top 20 in Ken Palm's adjusted defensive uh, efficiency measure. Um, and that's, that's great. That's, you know, among the top in the conference. And they also are able to supplement that with a very high, uh, degree of offensive efficiency too. And something, you know, especially with Andre Carbello hasn't played in at least a month. It, I think he's only played four games this season. Um, so it's been really kind of incumbent upon the rest of the team to step up and, and make shots around Kofi. And, um, you know, I, we had, we'd really talked about that, uh, in some of their bigger wins, um, but you know, they're, they've been consistently shooting around 40% from three, um, you know, for the last, like the last few weeks, which is a huge thing to see. And, you know, we're seeing especially guys like Trent Frazier, um, and, and DeMonte Williams really, really show up and, uh, kind of answer the bell to get a bucket when, uh, Illinois needs one. So, and, you know, I think, I think it's very interesting, you know, the, the, their last four conference games have been a depleted Michigan team without Hunter Dickinson, Nebraska, a kind of faltering Maryland team, and then a, a Minnesota team that, you know, no one's, the jury's kind of still out there. So, you know, as we'll get into later, the, the, the schedule really starts picking up for them um, a lot this week, but 
you know, for now, if you're an Illinois fan, I think you're really, really happy with what you're seeing on both ends of the court, which is uh, definitely not necessarily what uh, what was expected or what was ha- kind of happening at the beginning of the year. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see their turnovers down and their three point shooting up from that perspective. And then just the last thing on their schedule. So, yeah, you know, they haven't played the toughest Big Ten slate yet. Um, it does pick up, but I think important thing to note, they only play uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State once. Um, so they do have kind of a uh, a, a beneficial, like they've, they've luck from the scheduling gods as far as that went, and especially without having had a slip up um, at this point early in the year. I mean, you know, you, you got to think, I mean, you could probably still win the conference with four losses. I'm not saying there aren't four losses on Illinois schedule. Like there definitely could be, but um, you know, six out of 20 going their way to start. Um, Six of the first six kind of out of their 20 games going their way to start. Like they're they're off to a a huge um, start there. So kind of keep looking forward to um, how they respond when their schedule gets tougher. Um, Now to what we dubbed as kind of the, game of the week in Madison. So on Thursday, Wisconsin took care of business against Ohio State. Uh, I guess, you know, Brett, I'll defer to you as the expert here. What are your initial thoughts on on that game? So I think that everything that Wisconsin fans had really wanted to see this year has been far, far exceeded. And it's coming to terms with this team as a legitimate Big Ten contender. And I think that's frankly started happening over the last you know, two weeks or so as, as there hasn't really been a huge letdown for Wisconsin yet. So I think the one big thing that people were looking for was how would this team respond when Johnny Davis actually had a bad game? And that was what we saw uh, against this, against a, an Ohio state team that obviously presents a lot of challenges for, for Wisconsin specifically in terms of size um, and, and overall talent. Um, and, you know, I, what Johnny uh, Davis ended four for four for 18 from the field. Um, so really, really off game offensively. Um, but Brad Davison and Tyler Wall were really able to to step in and, and make an impact on this game. Wall has been go- playing out of his mind uh, the last few weeks. I think he's shooting something like 77 percent from the field on uh, over the last five games. And his willing his willingness and ability to just be patient with the ball and and take avenues that are are given to him and and really kind of work the post instead of forcing outside shots when which is kind of what he did last year forcing bad shots um but his ability to really see the floor better and take good shots and make contested shots around the rim um is is a huge thing for this team that really kind of needs a third scorer uh to if they really want to be a contender for the conference title and then to be a factor in march um, and we're we're really seeing that um, from Tyler Wall now. So I think it was a really good sign that it, this team can survive a game, a bad game from Johnny Davis against a really good team. You know, the Ohio State had five guys in double figures, um, and it, Wisconsin was still you know in control most of the game. Um, so that was really really good to see. Um, and obviously, you know things things pick up, but it was good to see. Uh, kind of obviously they they got run out of the gym in the second half, their first game against Ohio State. So it was good to see a rebound uh, in that regard. And I think it, on the flip side, if you're Ohio State here, I mean, this is not a, a damaging loss by any means, but I think, you know, still Ohio State kind of still searching for consistency. Um, and maybe we're starting to see signs that that team has a little bit of a, a ceiling. I know it's tough to win anywhere on the road, but, um, you know, what what 
we're really going to like, I think you and I both had them in our top three in the conference to kind of start the year. And I think we get to see them um, really get like a, 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 an impactful road win. Um, and, and, you know, it wasn't meant to be on this day here. Um, but speaking of road wins um, onto the kind of biggest upset uh, of, of the week, Northwestern knocking off the Spartans on Saturday in East Lansing. Um, so first of all, this kind of comes on the heels of one of their, one of the weirder games of the conference where <laughs> Northwestern um, lost in double overtime to Maryland. They were down by six points with like 20 seconds left. They came in regulation, came back to tie it. We can get to that game in a second, but I mean, just thinking about this Northwestern, um, Michigan state game. So, you know, we, we'd seen the the flashes from Northwestern, right. That they mm-hmm. could be competitive with the top of the conference. They, they gave Michigan state a scare earlier in the season. Um, and, and then I think on the flip side, you know, Michigan state, what they've really had their early success this year based on playing good team basketball, like that kind of typical brand of Izzo basketball, where it's not a lot of turnovers. They're controlling the game. Um, they get a lead and they kind of eke every, um, second of it out and kind of um, kind of slowly kind of crushed the soul of their opponents. Um, North, Northwestern came in there and gave it to them, you know, and then they made more plays in crunch time, like it, almost at the behest of like the officiating and all the weird stuff that happened down the stretch of that game. But Brett, what is, what is your biggest takeaway out of um, Northwestern coming out of East Lansing with a win? I mean, so first, first of all, I think to your point about the officiating, just like what, what the absolute hell was going on. And it's, it's, I mean, I've noticed, maybe, maybe it's just, I'm watching more games closer this year, but like, it's been a real kind of issue, especially in the big 10. I feel like throughout just this conference season has been, the, the officiating has been extremely subpar and that's without Bo Borowski doing a lot of these games. Um, but that notwithstanding, I mean, this was kind of this was kind of a, like the tipping point for Northwestern. You know, coming coming into this game at one and four in the conference, having lost four games in a row, all by less than less than uh, ten. So you know, you knew that they had the the the, the ability to compete, but you really, I mean, you need wins in this league, and um, if you if you can't defend your home court, especially against you know Penn State or Maryland you really have to kind of be able to make some magic happen on, on the road. And you know, this team could have folded easily um, just kind of given the the weight of this game, but uh, they, they didn't. And, and you know, uh, that's, it's, it could be a turning point for them as they head into uh, what should be a very difficult week. Um, but, you know, there, there, there is still talent on this team and there aren't, there really are going to be no easy games in, in this league. So it was, I think it was really good for Northwestern um, at least to kind of try and be able to potentially turn their season around at nine and six. And, and just to note, you know, uh, no, no Pete Nance for them in this, in this win. Ryan Young stepped in um, and, and put up 18 and eight um, and, and was really the focal point of their offense. So um, I, I think that's a good sign for the, for their depth there. But I think kind of using this to transition into what do we make of like the lower middle of the big 10 right now, where like, you know, when I when I think of like the lower middle, you know, let's say it's like Northwestern, Minnesota, Penn State, uh, Maryland, I, I, I'd I put Rutgers like a notch above and then we'll we'll probably talk about Michigan and, and where the, I think still a lot left on them. But 
focusing just on those four teams, um, Northwestern, Maryland, Minnesota, um, and Penn State, you know, those, I think it's safe to say all those four teams kind of surprised us to start the year where they looked like, hey, like one of these teams can make a run at a, at a tournament bid. And I, I think they all kind of find themselves on the bubble. Penn State's probably performed the best out of any of those teams to start conference play, and they arguably had the worst resume kind of coming in. Um, but, you know, again, when you look at like what happened this week, I mean, Penn State got a good win over Rutgers. Um, Rutgers beat Maryland, but Maryland beat Northwestern. Um, you know, um, Minnesota had a tough loss. Like, I guess kind of where when you look at those four teams, like where do you see them slotting in? Are, are they like, do any of them have a shot to make the tournament? Like is one ahead of any of the others in the pack there? They've all kind of gotten off to disappointing starts Penn state aside kind of to start the conference season. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting kind of figuring out what to make of Penn state because they look just absolutely miserable to play against. Like they play hard 40 minutes every game uh, and have really kind of made a habit of, making the top tier of this conference really work to kind of come out with a way you know, the seven point loss to Purdue, uh, this today's five point loss to Ohio state, um, you know, a couple back in, De- back in December, you know, they were kind of with Ohio state for most of the game before ending up losing by 12. Um, but, and, and, you know, they've got, they've got wins over, over Northwestern, over Indiana, over Rutgers. Um, I don't think that's enough to get you into the tournament as good as kind of over as well as they've played under Micah Shrewsbury, who was kind of, coming into this season at a disadvantage, losing some guys to transfers and, and just kind of not having a kind of real takeover guy. Um, Maryland's already one in five in conference. I, I mean, again, no, I mean, the loss to George Mason is pretty bad besides that. Like they really shouldn't have lost to Rutgers uh, at home. So I, I mean, I think maybe your best chance is Northwestern to make the tournament. Cause all of their losses are to like top a hundred Ken Palm teams. Uh, I believe all outside of Maryland, all of them are, are in the top 65. So the metrics won't, the metrics actually still really like Northwestern um, from a, from just a straight up offensive defense efficiency standpoint. Um, and as, 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 you know, college basketball fans have known uh, those kind of start playing a more important role in the selection process. Now uh, Minnesota, I think is not, I, I mean, you know, they have the best overall record out of any of these teams, but one in four in conference uh, it's going to, it's going to really take a few big wins and I think they're going to start running out of gas kind of soon. Um, so I, I would, if you, if you made me choose, I'd say Northwestern will in, end the season in the best spot out of those four teams. And then just lastly on, on the results from this week. So want to give a shout out to Iowa picking up two big wins this week. Um, in first Early in the week, they uh, beat um, they beat Indiana at home. It was a coming out party party for the the other Murray twin, not Keegan Murray that that we always um, talk about, but his brother, I believe, had twenty six. The, the game in the game of his life that uh, uh, that game there. Um, I'm sorry, Chris Murray had twenty nine and eleven. So you know, really, the game of his life in there went over Indiana there, and then. They go on the road and get a a. I know you know as we just talked about Minnesota sitting there at one and five in conference, but I mean not easy to go in there and get a win, and they they got that today. So 
And we talked about how I Iowa's schedule was pretty tough. They've rebounded there at 500 in conference play right now. And frankly, they look like a tournament team. So um, kudos to the Hawkeyes there. Um, if, if they continue at this rate, they're probably um, headed for a single digit seed, um, you know, I and mean, maybe even top half of the bracket too. So uh, a lot to look forward to there if you're a Hawkeye fan. Um, and, and so now shifting gears, looking ahead to next week, I, I mean, um, Brett, maybe you, you'll take the, the first couple of games here, but Purdue and Illinois uh, uh, with an MLK special um, on Monday and then Indiana and Nebraska, what do you see there? Yeah, so that's I think the the Purdue Illinois game I think is at 11 a.m. Central on Monday, so uh, that's that's one people will, if you uh, can can make time for that I would highly recommend. I'd say that's one of two games of the week in the conference this year. And this actually kind of dovetails interestingly with a question I was asked by by listener Matt, who's a Purdue fan, and kind of wondering about Purdue's perimeter defense. And obviously that's been a huge area of issue for for a Purdue team that is an offensive juggernaut, but especially given the kind of athleticism and size they have. They're really not able to stop uh, kind of attacks to the basket. Um, you know, they they rank 72nd in defensive efficiency um, and don't really force a lot of turnovers. So, I, and I think this is this is going to kind of be an interesting game because Illinois is going to need their perimeter guys to really step up and knock down shots because Kofi's going to be going up against Trayvon Williams and Zach Eady for as long as he's on the court, and that's going to be that's that's going to be the matchup to watch. Obviously, is just to kind of see if Kofi can deal with the, that that kind of size um but you know if if Purdue's not careful Illinois is going to just going to just going to shoot them to death so i'm really looking to see if Illinois can or if Purdue can lock down on on shooters and at the same time if Kofi can kind of draw enough attention to to find those open shooters and kind of get rid of the not be a black hole on offense um so i'm really interested in this game um cuz obviously Purdue will have the athletic the athleticism advantage with with Ivy uh, and Travion Williams, but uh, you know we'll we'll see if that's enough. Um, at it, it'll be in Champaign. Hopefully, it should be a, a good atmosphere. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, Indiana, Nebraska, again, like with Indiana uh, coming off the loss at Iowa, another road game. Um, definitely one they they need they should win. Probably one they need to win. I don't think I think if you're if you're heading in, you've already you already got three conference losses. Um, I don't know that I I. You know they're probably trending towards a bubble-ish team, um, but a, a loss to Nebraska would be very damaging. I don't see Nebraska really having an answer for um, for Jackson Davis in the post. Um, I'm interested to see how uh, Indiana tries to defend Bryce McGowan's. Um, I'm, you know, I think the the overall, you know, maybe you throw Race Thompson on him and uh, just kind of make him work for for all his points. Um, but Nebraska has been playing, has not been playing extremely terribly recently, uh, apart from the Purdue game. Um, so I'm, you know, intrigued to see if they are kind of sticking with it or if they really start to fall apart now at 0-7 in conference play. Uh, so Tuesday, uh, we have the, uh, we have Wisconsin going to Evanston to play Northwestern. And we've got Maryland and Michigan. And I don't, we don't need to talk about this game, but Ohio State also has a non-conference game uh, playing one of the worst teams in D1 in IUPUI. Yeah, so Michigan, Maryland first. I mean, I think it's safe to say that this is kind of a, a must win for both teams here. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you're, a Mar- if you're a Maryland fan, you might have already kind of given up on the season, just given the one and five start. Um, and, and that kind of demoralizing loss to Rutgers this week, which was one you kind of had to have at home. Um, so, you know, 
I think the mentality for both teams going in is the same. Is the same. You know, Michigan, I think there's still like uncertainty. Will they get Hunter Dickinson and Brandon Johns back? I think that's going to be an important factor um, because you kind of saw what their team looks like without them. May have found something, honestly. Um, they look pretty tough against Illinois for most of the game, but um, offense was hard. Um, the the one thing, Maryland can probably exploit Michigan on the wings. Um, like Ayala um, should have some like height against wh- whoever they throw on them there. Um, but Michigan probably should have the advantage in the post there. Um, interesting to see kind of how the point guard matchup will play out with like Russell and and Jones kind of going at each other, both kind of uh, transfer point guards there at, at new places. But I mean, yeah, Michigan, if you, if you, you know, if they're going to start to turn around their season, it's, it's going to be today. And if Maryland wants to stop the bleeding, it's, it's going to have to be in this game. I think Wisconsin Northwestern, I mean, we just talked about it with Northwestern, um, you know, another chance to, put another committee impressive committee impressing win there. And I actually think this is a matchup that, you know, will allow them to compete. Um, you know, if, if Nance is back and you can kind of throw Nance and, um, and, uh, and young at like crawl and, um, wall and, um, like it'll be interesting that battle there, like uh, Johnny Davis and chase Adige, I think, you know, kind of that'll be a matchup to watch too. Um, and, and I think just the pace of play here will, you know, allow Northwestern to have an opportunity. Um, uh, but I mean, yeah, they just came off the biggest win of their season. So will they be able to stomach the same amount of intensity for Wisconsin, who's notorious for being able to win on the road? Um, I don't know. So I definitely tune into that one. Um, on Wednesday, um, Minnesota, Penn state and Iowa Rutgers, Brett, what are you watching for? Yeah, so I think like Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Penn State's a game where, uh, you know, both teams will, will kind of really need that if they want to have any hope of keeping a tournament, potential tournament bit alive. Um, I think, again, like I said, I, I think I think Penn State's a better team at this point. And I know um, Minnesota was was shorthanded today for their game against Iowa um, and they lost a bunch of their interior depth. Uh, I know with Eric Curry sitting so I would look for Penn State to really try and establish guys like John Herrer and um, kind of see what he can do against a, a semi-depleted line or semi-depleted front line. Um, so that, that'll be interesting. And I know that Penn State's still working in a few guys that have not played that much this year um, that showed some flashes in, against Ohio State today. Um, so interesting to watch for there. Um, Iowa Rutgers. Um, Iowa again, looking to just kind of keep their their style their their uh, win streak going from this week, um, or yeah, win streak going from this week. Um, and I think this is gonna this is gonna present an interesting challenge because Rutgers is really gonna try and just muck up the game and make them make Iowa really set in and play defense, which Iowa still has not really done that well this year. Um, so, but if Iowa can kind of stretch out that defense and, and really knock down some threes and get Keegan Murray going, um, I'm, I'm excited to watch, uh, Omari and, and kind of Murray go at it. Keegan Murray go at it. Um, Ron Harper Jr. also should probably have, get some time on, on Murray. So, uh, it, this is very much going to be a game of extremely contrasting styles. So, uh, just kind of whoever can effectively control the pace, I think will come out with the win. Uh, Thursday, just one, uh, game, but it's always, always an interesting one. Uh, we've got Indiana Purdue. I mean, what better an opportunity for Indiana to get a marquee win, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, it's at Assembly Hall. But I, I mean, really, what's going to make this tough is, I mean, does Purdue's size neutralize Trace Jackson Davis? You you talked about it with Purdue's matchup against Illinois, um, and potentially their ability to neutralize Kofi. Now, will Indiana ha- will Indiana's guards be able to step up? You also talked about Purdue's kind of um, moderately ineffective perimeter defense. Um, will guys like Race Thompson be able to? Um, you know, kind of draw some sort of penetration that allows for um, kickouts and open shots on the perimeter. Indiana's been shooting a little bit better of late from three, but we've documented their their problems um, as a whole kind of shooting from three. But, um, you know, the other thing I'd say about this game, you know, when you look at Purdue's schedule, Purdue, you know, at Illinois Monday afternoon and then at Indiana, I mean, you know, th- this is going to take a lot out of them. I know, you know, we're, we're in the middle of Big Ten season. You know, everyone's kind of going through the, the ups and downs of, you know, maybe having a lenient schedule in one place and a tough schedule in another place. But, I mean, these are two tough road wins that, you know, the conference is asking Purdue to get this year. And especially if they get that game on Monday, you know, I'd be primed for a letdown. Like, this is a huge opportunity for Indiana, to, and then they can't let this pass them by. Um, as far as Friday, so Illinois going to college park to take on Maryland and then another big game for Wisconsin hosting Michigan state. Yeah. So I think that's going to be, that's going to be really, uh, obviously I'll start with uh, Michigan state, Wisconsin. Um, intri- it'll be very interesting because you, you'll have, uh, uh, an, uh, an angry Michigan state team kind of coming off a game. They probably shouldn't have lost in Northwestern, um, coming to a, Wisconsin team that'll have played that same Northwestern team a few days earlier. Um, so I think the thing, the thing I'm looking for there is uh, basically can, can Gabe Brown keep, keep uh, them in, in that game with his shooting. Um, you know, you looking at kind of can Michigan state get their, uh, get their role players going. So you, are you going to see plays from Hagard? Are you going to see plays from Joey Hauser uh, after he made the winning, the winning basket against, um, about to say Missouri, but uh, Minnesota earlier this week. So I think, you know, that's going to be a game where if Max Christie can really get hot, that's going to help. But um, interested to see kind of how the, the Marcus Bingham and uh, Steve Crowell matchup should be should be pretty interesting um, and just kind of see what kind of size they can try and throw at uh, um, at, at Wisconsin. So I think I think it's going to be guys like Tyler Wall and Gabe Brown and, um, you know, Malik Hall that kind of end up making the difference in, in that game. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's another contender for game of the week. Very excited for that one. Uh, should be, should be a good one in Madison. Uh, and then Illinois, Maryland. Um, so uh, I, I believe they, they've, they've played already. So uh, Illinois won that game uh, by 12. So I think it's again, just how, how much can they get out of Kofi in that game? Because he's going to be way too much for, for Maryland's, um, I mean, Mohab, Wahab followed out playing 10 minutes last game, last game um, between the two teams. So I think that if he can get kind of Wahab in foul trouble again, it really shouldn't be much, much of an issue for Illinois to win this game. Um, and again, it's just going to be if Maryland can even Maryland's going to have to lock down the three point shooters. So I, you know, I, I think this should be a relatively easy game for for Illinois. But again, no easy road wins in the Big Ten. So guess we will find out. Uh, and then we've got a triple header on Saturday. 
um, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, and then Rutgers, Minnesota. So what are you looking for there? I mean, I think I look for Ohio State to take care of business against Nebraska. I think with Nebraska, we're getting to the point where, you know, they're as close to a, a walkover as possible. I think the only caveat I'd say is Nebraska play them close in Lincoln. I do not expect the same um, in Columbus, despite the fact that Ohio State's been known to play down to their competition this year. Um, Penn State-Iowa game, similar to Iowa's um, game that we talked about earlier in the week against Rutgers. Um, look for Penn State to try to slow them down. I do not think they're going to be successful at doing that with this game in Iowa City. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, how tough Penn State continues to play people. You know, this is uh, like this is not going to be an easy win, but I don't see Iowa vulnerable in this game. However, I do see Rutgers vulnerable going to uh, Minnesota. Uh, I think given Rutgers style play um, and, and given they're just inconsistent shooting, I do think they're vulnerable if Minnesota can speed them up, get in transition, get that place rocking. Um like and I, I still think even if you know even if Minnesota loses to Penn State, like there's still a sense I think around there that they can make a run in a tournament bid just based on their record. So um I would expect desperation out of them on this day. I know that the injury gods may not let that happen, but uh, I think Rutgers is is vulnerable here. Um and, and on the flip side, you know, with some of the leniency in in their kind of non-conference play i don't think this is one they can afford to lose so they really need to come in there and play a, a clean game um and then kind of sunday we finish up the docket um with two kind of two interesting games uh, uh michigan goes to indiana where like they've won i think it's something like six or seven times in a row so like um an incredible road winning streak there for them and then Northwestern's gauntlet continues at Purdue. What are what are you looking for in these two games? Yeah, so I think every kind of every game for Michigan now is is a really important one, especially if they're playing, uh, you know, at Indiana where it'll be a, it'll be a good atmosphere. Um, you know, depending on the the health, I think I believe Dickinson should should be playing by then. Yeah, if he's like back with done with conditioning. Um, so you know, you, you again, look for him to kind of take advantage of Jackson Davis and try to neutralize him. And you can throw him and Diabate at Jackson Davis and, and really kind of try and give him hell and make Indiana beat you from the outside. The question is going to be, you know, Indiana's playing better defensively. Where's the offense going to come from for Michigan? So I'm, I'm looking to Michigan to really kind of get some of their shooters established again and, and see, you know, can we get Caleb Houston going? Can we get Devontae Jones going? Can Eli, Eli Brooks hit some shots? Um, at a level where, you know, some of these guys haven't been hitting this year so far. So I think, you know, if they can effectively slow down Jackson Davis by throwing a bunch of guys at him, they'll have a chance to win this game. Um, but if they can't shoot, if they can't, they, if the shooting struggles continue, uh, it'll be, it'll be difficult. Uh, and then Northwestern Purdue, um, you know, Northwestern is kind of primed to take advantage of that Purdue defense because Northwestern is, has the fourth fourth best turnover rate in, in the entire country. Um, so they, they take care of the basketball. They're not going to really beat themselves on the offensive end in that regard. So if they can really kind of take care of the basketball, I mean, dealing with Edie and, and Travion is going to be a whole nother battle um, that I, you know, don't think 
uh, they will be able like especially with P- if Pete Nance is out and they're really relying on Ryan Young, I'm I'm just not sure they're going to have the the big depth to to score in the interior, and so they might be reliant on hitting a bunch of threes. Um, but again, for Purdue, you want to see them just kind of keep you want to see them take step defensively and keep rolling offensively because they're they're kind of they're they've been playing pretty good offense of late, apart from that Wisconsin game. So, you know, at least if they can keep outscoring teams, that's that's a good sign. And and that's it for us here. So thanks as always for for tuning in to us. Uh, another exciting Big Ten week um, to look forward to um, upcoming here. Um, and yeah, thanks thanks again for tuning in. Um, I'll let Brett give the last pitch marketing pitch, and then we'll sign off. Yeah, feel free. I, I think uh, you guys you guys have heard the email address well um, every time, but just in case you've forgotten and wanna want us to want us to hear some of your thoughts, it's a uh, big one zero hoops weekly at gmail.com. And uh, so yeah, thank you for thanks to Matt for sending in a question this week, and uh, you know we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Happy happy.